0: Welcome to Putting the Real in Real Estate, the podcast about all things real estate, all things local, and all things like, where we hope to inform, entertain, and inspire. Hello, everyone. Welcome into episode six of Putting the Real in Real Estate. I'm your host, Glenn Hawkersmith. And as always, I want to thank you for choosing to spend some of your precious time with me here today. We have another great guest on tap today as we continue our lender spotlight. Her name is Selena Jones with TBF Mortgage, and we will get to her very shortly. But first, I want to take care of some personal business real quick and wish my mother, Patricia Miller, a happy 70th birthday. Her birthday was February 22nd. And we were able to successfully pull off a surprise party for her this past weekend. Mom, I know you're listening and I just want to say I love you and thank you very much for always sacrificing for your children and for everyone you love and, and for being the best mother I could ever hope for. Okay, so before we get to Selena, I would like to ask a quick favor of you. Um, If you are someone who enjoys this podcast, first of all, thank you very much for listening. Second, would you mind taking a few minutes and giving me a quick review on whichever platform you listen on? I would certainly appreciate it, and it goes a long way in helping to grow the show and get it in front of more people. I now have listeners in Canada and the United Kingdom, in addition to the U.S., of course. So that's pretty cool. And I would love to hear from you, especially if you're listening from another state or another country. So please feel free to send me a quick message or an email to let me know what you think of the show and where you are listening from. You can reach me at GlennHockersmith at Schulerbauer.com. That's Glenn with two N's, S-C-H-U-L-E-R-B-A-U-E-R is Schulerbauer.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Glenn Hockersmith Realtor or on Instagram at Glenn Hockersmith underscore Schuler Bauer. Now I'm going to shut up and get right to our guest. My next guest is a Lexington, Kentucky native who graduated from Eastern Kentucky University with a bachelor's degree in public relations. After college, she and her husband eventually settled in Louisville where she started a career in nonprofit fundraising and marketing for local homeless shelters, churches, and schools. After taking a few years off following the birth of her third child, she re-entered the workforce as a loan officer where her heart for service and intense work ethic have made her a great success. After six years in the business, she recently joined together with some other local loan officers and formed the new mortgage brokerage, TBF Mortgage. She currently resides in Louisville, Kentucky, along with her husband, Nate, and children, CJ, Scarlett, and Stella. Selena Jones, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for stopping by the house and spending some time with us today.
1: Well, I'm really, really excited to be here. This is super fun, something different, and um, I like it. This is cool.
0: Well, good. I'm glad you decided to stop by. I know you, you told me you had never done a podcast before, and <laughs> I've only done five, so we're both we <laughs> both—we're—we're both beginners here, so don't yeah. be nervous. So I've already learned a few things I didn't know about you, okay. um, which is kind of the purpose of this podcast. Yeah. I didn't know you were from Lexington. Mm-hmm. Didn't know you graduated from EKU and had a, a past in nonprofit marketing and fundraising. It doesn't surprise me, though, because... You're probably just about the best in the business that I know about getting out there, uh, rubbing elbows with realtors, sponsoring events. So, do you do you attribute some of York's success in the mortgage business to having that marketing background and the nonprofit fundraising background?
1: I do because, like you said, rubbing elbows—it's just normal for me. That's how I cut my teeth in my 20s. Was going to nonprofit events, planning those having you know lunches with um, donors or other you know agents from other nonprofit agencies and just getting our name out there to try to you know raise funds for our organization. And so, you know, getting used to speaking in front of groups and I did TV interviews sometimes. And so kind of getting used to being uncomfortable in some situations like that, um, where you have to put yourself out there, especially at a young age when I wasn't as, you know, maybe confident. I was still getting to know myself in the business world and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, I think that had, you know, helped me develop those skills and to learn how to talk to people and to relate to people and to, um, understand, you know, what motivates people and all of those kind of things.
0: Sure. And as, as we've talked about that, the listeners know, if they've listened to more than one of these podcasts, that's something we talk about over and over again is how this business is really all about relationships. Mm-hmm. So it, it, tell me a little bit about your nonprofit history first. And I, I think you said you did some work for, for the homeless, raising money, raising funds for homeless. So tell yes. me.
1: So, um, I spent several years with the Society of Saint Vincent de Paul in downtown Louisville, and they have a open hand kitchen that does—I don't even know how many meals a day now—but at the time, it seemed like we did around we fed around 300 people a day. So, lots of bodies coming in there every single day to get fed. Um, and they also had at the time six homeless shelters. So they had a um, shelter for women and children, for you know mothers, they had um, an all women shelter, a couple of men's shelters. So, um, you know, I have a heart for helping people. That's really when I went to college for public relations, was kind of the direction I wanted to go into was the nonprofit field. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, to feel like when I came home from work every day that I'd done something to make a difference. That was, you know, my driving motivator with being in that career. Um, But as you can imagine, you know, you have lots of children, um, when you have three kids and you're thinking about going back into the workforce, nonprofit work at that time didn't make as much sense financially. You know, sure. my, my husband's a teacher, so we had, there's a reason they yeah. call it nonprofit, <laughs> yeah. right? <All> right. <laughs> um, so I wanted to do something that would provide, you know, uh, more opportunities for our family financially, but still be able to feel like I'm helping people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is one of the things that I really, really enjoy about the mortgage business is I still get that feeling that I'm helping people that, you know, they're going through a stressful time. They're going, making a lot of really big financial decisions, emotional decisions. You know, there's lots of things for them to consider. It can be very overwhelming for people because they don't, you know, they don't do this every day, you know, at best, maybe every few years they do, they buy a home or sell a home. And so, you know, the fact that they, you know, lean on me to kind of guide them through that process, I get to feel like I'm helping. And then sure. we're at the closing table and everybody's happy and they're excited and they feel like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't think this day would come. You know, I didn't know if I'd ever get to buy a home. And so all of that, you know, I'm still getting to help people with homes now, you know, it's just buying and selling and those kind of things. So
0: Yeah. And that's a great feeling. And it's, it's interesting you say that because the majority of people I know in this business, they will tell you kind of the same thing. And I know that's, that's one of the reasons I got into the business before getting into real estate. I had always desired to find something that a didn't feel like a job mm-hmm. and B where I felt like I was really making a difference. And, and I have found that real estate allows me to do both of those things. And I'm sure you can attest as well. You can also, you can, you can be very successful and you can, it can help you, to help others in other ways as well mm-hmm. as far as charities and, and things like that go and I know you're involved in, in, in some of those things so I know you were raised by a single mother mm-hmm. I was raised by a single mother for most of my childhood my wife was a single mother for a period of time so that's something that's very kind of close to my heart yeah. I really enjoy helping single mothers become homeowners um, that's actually a focus of my business I imagine that Maybe the same case for you. Can you tell me a little bit about that? How how it was growing up for you? I know I came from very humble beginnings. Yeah. We were dirt poor. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've seen you and how how thankful you are to your clients and and uh, and your referral partners, and I've seen you get emotional about it. So yeah. that has mm-hmm. kind of given me the sense that you do come from humble beginnings. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about that?
1: Probably a lot more humble than people would even know. You know, when I was born in Lexington, um, I was born at UK Hospital. So don't hate me if you're if you're not a Cats <laughs> fan. But um, first thing they do is put a shirt on you that's got, you know, Go Cats on it when you're born there. Literally. We'll you for that. <laughs> <in> my hospital <laughs> pictures. Um, but at the time, you know... We were living on a farm, had chickens everywhere, did not have central heat. We had one of those um, wood-burning heaters in our home. So very, you know, humble beginnings. And, you know, my mom worked very, very hard. It was, you know, I have an older brother. He passed away a few years ago. I had an older brother. And she raised us in, you know, two to three jobs sometimes. I don't know how she did it. And I remember, you know, how... Hard she worked, and the dream of owning a home was not one that certainly seemed um, attainable, and was not one that was, you know, something I saw really in my childhood people owning a home. I mean, everyone in our small circle were renters at the time, and so I do have a passion for, you know, when I feel like I can make that attainable for somebody because sometimes it's just lack of information. You sure. know, it's not always you know, there's there's so many opportunities out there to be able to buy and people, you know, just think, "Oh, well, I have to have so much money saved up. That's never going to happen for me." And that's not always the case. There's lots of programs that, you know, you can do a very small down payment on maybe as low as 3% or you know, possibly do 100% financing or down payment assistance grants, things like that. So there's all kinds of opportunities that I think people just don't really know about. And especially if you grow up in a situation where other people weren't owning a home, it just seems something that's so far off and not attainable. So I do really get a lot of um, satisfaction from being able to, you know, just educate people too. And, I try to do that a lot on my social media about the opportunity that is out there that can be attained for a lot of different people. And those clients, when we get to the closing table that are sometimes in their 40s or 50s and this is their first time they bought a home. I mean, the the pure joy that they've finally done it and gotten there. And, you know, my mom, I was in college when she finally bought her first home and it was the same. I remember that that feeling that she had that, you know, she has done it and Mm -hmm. she's She's gotten there, but yeah, she worked re- really, really hard, and and now I'm very, very fortunate with what I do that I'm able to help take care of her now, so she doesn't have to work so hard. Absolutely. So um, she's going to retire in May, and I'm super excited for her to finally be able to maybe kick back a little bit and enjoy her life, and you know, savor all the good stuff and travel and maybe do some fun things. So
0: yeah, that's awesome, and I'm sure that she is super proud of you and how successful you've become, and and that you're a great mother and have a great family. so I'm sure she's super proud of that.
1: without, I mean, without her help, even still, my mom's cooking dinner a lot of nights of the week when when I'm working late and stuff yeah. like that, making sure my kids are fed and ran and all those kind of things. So, you know, it does take a village. I'm super fortunate she moved here from Lexington in July. And basically, because I just I really, really wanted her here. (laughs) And um, she's been a great help. So that's a lot of help to me and my husband, for sure.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And a couple of things you said kind of reminded me of similar circumstances in my childhood. I remember my mother working and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, working probably a a minimum wage job Mm -hmm. and raising for a lot of the time, just three of us, but eventually five, but Mm I look back and I wonder. I have no idea how she did it. You know, we didn't have everything we wanted, but we always had everything we yeah. needed. Yeah. There were always gifts under the tree at Christmas uh-huh. time. I have no idea how that happens. You know, we always had the lights were always on. There was always a roof yeah. over our head, and it's just amazing that she was able to do that. And I wonder sometimes how people do that nowadays because mm-hmm. the cost of living is, is so much more. And you know, we see it. Rents are going up. Yeah. Rents are are skyrocketing. And, and as I spoke in a, in a previous episode, sometimes, um, people may find that it's more affordable to purchase a home than it is to rent right now.
1: That's, you know, more typical than not. I find with a lot of my, especially my first time home buyers that have been renting for a while, you know, that our final mortgage payment taxes, insurance, and everything is comparable, if not less than what they've been paying, for rent. So, you know, you might as well invest in yourself and, you know, not pay somebody else's mortgage. (laughs) (laughs) Sure.
0: And, uh, you mentioned, uh, helping someone who is a little older purchase Mm -hmm. their first home. I had that experience recently with a a very nice lady who was in her, I don't even know how old she was actually. I, I I would guess she's in her fifties or Mm sixties. And, had been a renter all of her life, and finally was able to to purchase a home. And it's because of a special program that she was able to take advantage of, where there was some assistance with with down payment yeah. and uh, closing costs. And so that's a really great thing. And I know that you you have programs that you work work with, like Indiana Housing and so forth. Yeah, there's uh,
1: there's all kinds of opportunities out there, and and even even if there's not a program right fit, you know, there are opportunities just with small down payments like three percent. You know, I always tell people, you know, just easy math and a hundred thousand dollar house. If you have if you're gonna get a tax return, you know, of three thousand dollars or more, I mean, why not invest it in yourself and buy a home? So sometimes it's just a little bit of a change in thinking, you know, and maybe it's just strategic planning too. A lot of times I'll talk to people and I'll talk about, okay, well Can you set aside this much money for this many months to try to get there and, you know, work on your credit? This is what we need to do to try to raise your score up a little bit so maybe you can qualify for that program. So, you know, I'm not afraid to kind of dig in and try to help your situation so that maybe you can be in a better loan program or buy the house that you want to buy, qualify for the right purchase for you.
0: So tell me a little bit about the new company, Mm -hmm. TBF Mortgage. Yeah. You were obviously very successful and at, at your previous role. Um, so, what made you decide to branch out and and uh, go with your partners and and start a new company?
1: Well, it's super exciting, and it wasn't anything that I had um, ever thought about doing. Really, I was pretty. Ha- I've always, you know, done well, and I was very happy, you know, with my former company. But some opportunities came and a few of us that have worked together for a long time felt like the timing was right and we kind of made a leap together as a group to form this new brokerage and it has been so positive and you know it stands for the bone family and we really are a family and Several of uh, the people involved in the organization are related to the Bone family, and the Bone family has a long history in the Louisville and Southern Indiana area of being um, in the home building, real estate, um, mortgage industry, um, home furnishings, all of these things. You know, there's a lot of different members of the family that are involved in a lot of these things, and so we kind of all came together and formed this new brokerage, and The exciting thing that I am, you know, getting to do now with brokering is there's all this opportunity to find the right fit for your client. So we have different banks that we're signed up with, and, you know, I can really shop options for the client, because it may be that this bank is offering better pricing today. And this bank might be, you know, underwriting guidelines might be better for this particular borrower with this bank, you know, based on their credit score and all these different factors. So to have all these options at play um, is something that I've never had before, which is really exciting and different and fun. And, you know, sometimes this, you know, there's one particular um, bank that we work with right now that's offering a special you know deal on pricing for investment properties right now. So, you know, the banks also offer different incentives that we can help take advantage of and timing-wise, sometimes those things work out too. So, just all kinds of new and different things that we're getting to do, which is really fun.
0: Sure. So, if you're if you are an investor or yeah. <laughs> maybe want to be an investor yeah. out mm-hmm. there and and you have some questions about mm-hmm. what your options may be if you don't have a big pile of cash laying around mm-hmm. to th- to throw at a property. Maybe give Selena a call and she may be able to give you some options there. Tell me a little bit more about the Bone family. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned TBF stands for the Bone family. Tim Bone is your president and CEO. Is that correct?
1: He is. And um, his brother, David Bone, is one of our members of our family too. And um, he is a home builder in Louisville. And he's been building homes for, gosh, I don't even know how long, probably 25 or 30 years um, with Four Seasons Home Building. And um, he's, you know, basically kind of taken a big role in our business as well. And then we have other members of the Bone family, another brother, um, Aaron, and another brother, John Bone, and um, some more of um, cousins and nieces and nephews. So there's lots of members of the Bone family who are involved in the company. And um, one of the founders of Century Mortgage was Matt Bone, And he passed away about 10 years ago, but he was brothers with David and Aaron and Tim and John. So, you know, lots of history in the mortgage industry, real estate industry with the Bone family. And so, you know, we're a new brokerage, but we've got lots of experience and knowledge because the majority of our loan officers have been in the industry for, you know, a pretty long time. You know, Tim and Aaron and John have all been in, you know, 15 plus years. I've been in six years. And so, you know, we've also got Stephen Hedgespeth, who's been in you know, more than 15 years. So, you know, lots of knowledge. And then we've got a lot of new um, millennial loan officers, sure. too, that are kind of cutting their teeth, which is fun. And there's certainly um, a big opportunity for them as all their friends are buying homes and, you know, becoming real estate agents, too, because, you know, the millennial market is... Yeah, that's huge. a huge, yeah.
0: huge section of the market that there's a lot of talk out there. Yeah. You read a lot of articles, industry articles, and it's about how do you capture that market? How do you market to those to those buyers? So yeah. there's a lot of experience and a lot of expertise there in that company. So what do you feel sets you apart? What What sets you? What sets TBF apart from all the other mortgage companies out there? I know mm-hmm. you mentioned it's a it's a family owned local company. So I know that's a huge deal. Is there something else that you feel really sets TBF apart from the others?
1: I feel like what being local and being, you know, homegrown and kind of understanding our market was a huge thing for me. That's always been important to me. I feel like, you know, you got to understand Southern Indiana, you got to understand Louisville. You know, I think, this is a phenomenal place to live and raise a family and to call home. And uh, we're super proud of being a part of, you know, this community. I feel like what makes us, we're, we're real. I don't know. Other than that, I mean, I feel like we have got such a down to earth approach with our clients. I feel like we truly just believe in when our clients close with us, we feel like they're part of the family and It's a lifetime partnership as they own their home and, you know, opportunities later when they're going to sell their home and they need another mortgage or, you know, maybe we want to do a refinance because the rate's gotten better. You know, we're we're there to partner with them throughout, you know, this mortgage process as they have a mortgage for their home. If they're going to buy another home, you know, we're here for the long haul and we're here to, to be here to help them as they have those needs throughout their life
0: and that's that's super important on top of you know actually being able to do the business Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so as a you, you spoke about some of the new people coming into the business the the millennials what do they look like what are they what what kind of person do you see coming into the business is it you know you're you're a female in the business i i would imagine In the past, it was kind of more of a male-dominated industry. I see a lot more females now. The majority of the new people coming into the business, are they female? Are they male? Are they college-educated? Are are they coming from other industries? What's that look like?
1: Um, That's a good question. So I do feel like the mortgage business is pretty male-dominated for the most part. There are definitely more women involved than I think there used to be, more than maybe even when I first came into the business. And a lot of the new loan officers that I see coming in the door are male as well. A couple of really strong, great females I've seen get licensed lately, which is exciting too. So, I mean, it's kind of a mix there. You know, a lot of college educated, but you know, our industry is much like real estate doesn't require Mm -hmm. that you have a college degree, as long as you can pass the licensing exam, which is pretty you know, rigorous and take the courses that are required. So we've got, um, one new loan officer who came in, who has been a real estate, no two that have been real estate agents. Mm -hmm. Um, so they've got some really good real estate knowledge there. And then we've got a couple that are, that were business majors in college and, you know, some different, I had we have one that had been a teacher for a while and now he's decided to become a loan officer. So all kinds of different walks of life. But I think much like what you said, to find something that doesn't feel like a job and -hmm. you still get to help people and you still get to provide for your family. You know, I think this is kind of a, another mirror of what real estate can be. You know, you've got a little bit of flexibility, which is nice when you're a a mom like me and you've got, you know, three kids or more, you know, like you. And so to be able to uh, have some flexibility, you know, in your life as well, which is nice. Um, I tell people, you know, I have flexibility, but I also work seven days a week, right. much like a right. real estate agent. So I'm um, kind of always answering my phone and taking calls and, you know, emails and all of those kind of things. But I'm happy to do it and I'm happy to help and feel like the comfort level that gives to my clients to know that I am there. I'm, they don't have to wait till Monday. I might be at yeah, my kid's game and I might important. have to call you back and when I get out of the gym. But, um, you know, I try to be you know there for them to know that you know throughout this process that they've got somebody they can rely on
0: you had mentioned someone coming into the business who was a teacher i think mm-hmm. that would really translate into this business mm-hmm. very well because essentially you are educating people as you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. do you ever feel like you're treated differently in a business because you are a female or is that a non-issue these days i, I always wonder uh,
1: I feel like there's a right fit for everybody so you know I always look at different loan officers in our company and you know somebody that is gonna like working with me may not you know like working with this other person or vice versa they they might be looking they may feel more comfortable working with a male sure and so we've got some great male loan officers that do a great job and are fantastic. Some some might feel more comfortable working with a woman or they might feel like my particular client might feel more comfortable with a woman or with a man or whatever. So I really think it's more about what works for the particular client, you know, or what feels most comfortable for the agent who's given the referral. And maybe not anything to do with man or woman, but maybe do you, are they looking for somebody... I feel like one of my strengths is that I try to be very nurturing. I feel like the fact that I am a mom has kind of helped with that. Sure. You know, when you have people that are very anxious and overwhelmed and, you know, emotional in the home-buying process, I try to be the voice of calm and to walk them through that so that they can feel comfortable about what's happening next and not be overwhelmed and stressed and all those things, but you know, somebody else might want somebody who's much more um, straightforward and maybe serious and to the point, you know, I feel like there's somebody out there for that person. I agree. <laughs> and
0: I, I say the same thing a lot as far as being a real estate agent, mm-hmm. you know, when I got into the business, you know, I'm not that type A mm-hmm. alpha male personality, mm-hmm. hard sales, someone who's going to push you into something. And I told my wife, I said, I don't know if I can be successful in real estate, not being that way but if I can't then I guess real estate's not the business for me because that's not who I am right and I feel like there are clients out there who who want someone like that Mm -hmm. and there are just as many clients out there who want someone like me who's more laid back and who's not going to push them into anything and I'm here to like you said help uh, maybe soak up some of that stress and some Mm -hmm. of the ups and downs of the whole process so I I agree with what you're saying there
1: yeah and I feel like I've always kind of taken the mentality that if I'm going out there in the business world and I'm trying to be somebody that I'm not, then I'm not going to attract the right clients and right. Then I'm not going to be, the whole process isn't going to be as happy for me or for them. But if I'm a, I've gotten to a point my business, I'm just me. I am who I am. All of my real estate agents that refer people to me, they like me, their clients probably like them. So we all get along great. And you know the experience is much more positive. You know, in that way, right. when you're just out there being yourself, and they're sending people to you because they authentically, you know, like you and how you operate your business. So sure. and um, people
0: pick up on that very quickly. If yeah. you're not being true to yourself, or you're you're projecting an image that isn't who you really are, people yeah. pick up on that. They're not stupid.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: And a, a lot of times like I mentioned before, this is just such a a business that's based on personal relationships and there are a lot of very good professionals out there who can do the business and they do it very well, but you may match up personality wise with someone better, better than others. And that's really when I, when I refer people in this business, that's, that's kind of something that's very important to me is how do I connect Mm-hmm. with that loan officer and how's my client going to connect with that loan officer. Right.
1: Yeah. And different clients have different needs, you know, from what they need in a loan officer or what they need in a real estate agent. So finding that right fit, I think is important. It makes, like I said, makes the whole process happier and positive. Sure,
0: And knowing that, you know, if it's a Saturday afternoon, then mm-hmm. I can pick up the phone and call you and say, Hey, I've got someone who needs to get pre-approved or yeah. I need a, I need an updated pre-approval letter. Can yeah. you send it over to me and knowing that, you know, I'm actually going to be able to get a hold of you. I love that's those super calls. important too. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all. Yeah, that usually means a deal's getting ready to come, <laughs> exactly, so that's a good yeah. thing. Please call uh, me. <laughs> and and in that line, and you mentioned a little bit about this earlier, you know, your husband Nate, mm-hmm. he's a high school teacher yeah. and a football coach, right? Yeah. You have three children. Mm-hmm. So my wife is also well, she's a speech therapist, but she works in the school, same type of schedule. So when they are when they're off, yeah. Is our busiest time. Yeah. Well, I with your husband being a football coach, I imagine he's probably pretty busy in the summer too. But how do you how do you handle that work life balance mm-hmm. with making sure that you and Nate are spending enough time together that the kids are getting enough attention, they're getting to where they need to go. Yeah. And and you're also making money.
1: Yeah. You know, it's a balance, but it's a hard... I never feel like it's perfectly balanced. I always feel like you can't have it all at sure. the same time. I'm very, very fortunate that I have a husband who is super hands-on involved. And, you know, I think about it a lot. And when the kids were babies, when they were younger, you know, I was doing a lot of working from home or not working at all. And so I had a lot of really, really awesome years where I was the one who was the primary caretaker for the kids. And now my husband and I have kind of flip flopped that Mm -hmm. a little bit. And, um, you know, he's a teacher. So for the most part, you know, he's got teacher hours. He picks them up from school most days. He's the one running one to field hockey, one to drama, one to football and, you know, all those kind of things. And, um, you know so we've kind of flip flopped a little bit, and I've, I've kind of put a little bit more focus on mom's probably going to be at this or that, sure. you know what I mean? So I'm gonna need you to take care of that now. My daughter's got a play she's in tonight and tomorrow night, so I was like, I'm you know 100% going to be there for all those kind of things, but you know, a lot of the running sometimes he does, and I, I think it's cool for the kids actually, though, because you know, that's not always the way. Things go, you know. A lot of times, the moms are doing some more of the running, and so I think it's I think it's cool that you know he's at Girl Scouts (laughs) sometimes and that kind of thing. I mean, it's um it's neat that they're getting to have you know a super hands on dad, and they're getting to see a mom who's working hard at business. And you know, they were at the girls. My daughters were at my office the other night, and. I just got a new office and they really like it. And, you know, so I think it's a it's an, it's a neat thing that they've seen a lot of different sides of the spectrum. They've seen mom at home. They've seen mom doing a lot of the running. But now they're seeing mom in this business role where she's handling big decisions in the business sure. world and taking some serious things on. And dad's running some Girl Scout things and selling cookies.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah. You know, the, the husband and wife get to see... Yeah and learn and do both roles yeah. now, you know, yeah. uh, and that's just the way society is now. Uh, yeah, we, we, certainly we have to have two incomes. <laughs> yeah. There are very few people, there are some, yeah. but who yeah. are able to survive on, on one income now, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, it's super, it's 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 harder than it used to be, I think, or, you know, our standards maybe are different than they used to be, but, you know, I, I also try, you know, in the summer, I try to maybe work from like if they're all going up to the pool well, i'll take my laptop up there and if Mm -hmm. there's some stuff i can do from there you know that's part of the flexibility that with our profession which i think is nice i do try to do those kind of things too so i can get a little bit more time in when they're off from school and that kind of thing but you know it's just definitely a juggling act that's very fortunate my mom moved here over the summer so she's been um, helping to kind of pitch into and helping wrangle. Cause when you got three kids in three different places and there's only two parents, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it can get a little hairy. So um, mom has uh, helped a lot too. And um, she likes to cook. So my, my son who's 15 and a half is super happy that mammals they're making dinner. a <laughs> lot. So it's good.
0: Mom, are you listening? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Giving her big props. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's cool. And, and, I have to I have to say my wife has been super understanding since I've started in this business with the schedule that mm-hmm. just is, you never know what it is yeah. from day to day. A lot of times yeah. if if you're working with a buyer and they see a house that, that they want to look at in this market, you can't really afford to say, sorry, I can't show it to you tonight. I mean, sometimes you just have to do that, but yeah. you snooze, you lose right now. So my wife has been very good with that. I don't know how she uh, she handles getting the kids everywhere they need to go. It's magic. <laughs> I try to help out when I can, but yeah. you know, she's she's the main the main facilitator there, so. Yeah. You are your sponsor for the Schuler Bauer Awards, right? Yeah, so I'm you super have excited. been in the past mm-hmm. and that's uh it's an awesome event that that Schuler Bauer my my brokerage puts together um, every year to celebrate <laughs> our accomplishments. I can't speak. Um, so I want to personally thank you for that and just kind of ask you, why do you choose to do that? You don't have to do that.
1: No, we don't. But I love the Schuller-Bauer Awards because, I mean, you really do up celebration right, you know, and acknowledging the accomplishments of the agents. And, and, and it's you know, it's at a beautiful, you know, venue and everybody really gets dressed up. And, you know, I think it's so important when you have agents out there. Because a lot of times I feel like real estate agents, you work on your own a lot. You Mm -hmm. know, you're not always It's not like you're always in an office all day long together. So you don't always get a lot of that camaraderie, you know, that you might get in other workplaces. So I think it's so positive to really celebrate each other. And for everybody to know, hey, you know, Glenn's killing it. You know, he's doing this, he's doing that. And to get that kind of acknowledgement in front of your peers. I value it in my profession. And you know, different people have different love languages on what it is that motivates them and the thing that they need as far as if the, do they need the affirmation, all that kind of stuff. I know, I, I do. and it's I think important. we all
0: do, whether we want to yeah, admit maybe, it or not. Maybe yeah. some of
1: you don't want to admit <laughs> it, but I, I think it's important to, to get acknowledgement when you're working so hard in this industry. That can be a very, very tough industry to, to be in and to just have a fun night and celebrate and give that acknowledgement to your peers. I think, I think it's huge. And I'm, I'm always happy to help, you know, make those kind of things happen.
0: Well, that's awesome. Once again, I, I we really appreciate your support on that. And uh, I also wanted to talk to you about, you're on the board of the Arts Alliance of Southern Indiana. Yep. Um, I'm not super familiar with that. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about that and yes. kind of how you became involved in that?
1: So um, I talked earlier about, you know, I did nonprofit work for a lot of years, and now I'm very fortunate that I can be involved with nonprofit agencies, and I'm on the board of the Arts Alliance of Southern Indiana, and um, we are, you know, really just trying to keep arts as active as we can in Southern Indiana. There are a lot of schools that have cut the art programs, and so we have... Put this program together called Art on the Move. And we actually have a really cool van that we've got all decked out. And it's got all this art stuff in it. And we're trying to bring art activities into schools that have cut those programs. And, um, you know, I've personally go on, gone into some of these schools and, you know, done some of these art projects. With, and these kids are, and the teachers are excited for the kids to be able to do these things because they don't get to do them that much. And the kids are so excited to have a break from the normal routine and to get to make a craft and do something different. So it's fun. We're also going into nursing homes and also doing the same kind of thing, bringing, you know, arts programs into the nursing homes. We also have a program for um, people with disabilities to be able to bring arts, you know, different art activities to them. So it's really just about, I feel like there's a lot of value in having an outlet emotionally to what comes with you know doing art doing a craft doing something that you can kind of reflect yourself in so yeah we have been kind of that's been our one of our big missions over the last year and a half two years is the art in the move program which I feel really really proud of and um and you know and just giving a venue for local artists to display their artwork and um to promote them and to Help them be able to do art and to keep that kind of thing alive.
0: You know, I feel like in the past arts were were appreciated a lot more, and yeah. and uh, there was a little bit more uh, emphasis put on it. And I think as as time has gone on, and we've in public schools, obviously there's funding issues, yeah. and they feel like it's just not as important, and it probably isn't as important as learning science and yeah. math and Reading. English, but. <laughs> I feel like art is something that's very important to the development yeah. of young children, their brains, and yeah. and just rounding them out as yeah. a person, as well as as um, older people. I think mm-hmm. it's it's very important to for them to keep their minds active. Yeah, um, I think it's been shown that doing math and reading and and other creative type activities is helpful in staving off Alzheimer's yeah. and and. I can't quote the studies the here, but I I, yeah. I know I've heard that. So I yeah. think that's very important. And
1: yeah. You know, I guess like the left side and the right side of the brain, you know, keeping them both sharp. Um, there's definitely value to that. And, you know, it's just like little pieces of joy that you're able to um, to keep into people's lives if you can, you know, have. And there's so many different ways that, you know, you can what we consider art, you know, it's not just like painting, it's also dance and theater and all kinds of different forms of art that we try to promote. So um, magic, we had, you know, we feel like there's so many different ways that you can consider yourself an artist of some sort of craft. So, you know, we're trying, we brought in magic shows to some local um, elementary schools in Southern Indiana in the last couple months. So all kinds of different ways that we're trying to just Bring you know a little bit of joy and educate people about you know the community and you know ways we can help.
0: So what is your? Um, I assume that you have some type of artistic ability or some <laughs> some personal interest. What what is your outlet? I
1: don't really know. No, I mean I just I like crafting. I craft with my mm-hmm. girls a lot. My um, my middle daughter is actually she's a pretty talented. Artist. She draws and she's got some amazing drawings and sketches and those kind of things. So, no, not really an artist, but I just do really enjoy being involved with it. Sure.
0: And appreciating it yeah, is enough. I, I yeah, I
1: definitely appreciate yeah.
0: it. <laughs> I, uh, I'm probably the least artistic person <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I used to kind of consider myself somewhat of a writer, but you know, it's interesting. I feel like the more and more we've started to rely on, on technology Mm -hmm. and we have our face stuck in our phones and on computer screens. I feel like at least for me personally, that ability to sit down and write has kind of diminished. And uh, so I think it's also another reason why it's important to, to promote the arts because our children are, are definitely a product of, of, of technology right Mm -hmm. now. So I think Mm -hmm. that's something important to keep alive. So, you mentioned earlier that you were, that you raised chickens. You were mm-hmm. born on a farm. <laughs> do you ever, do you ever miss that? Do you have any desire to um, return to raising chickens? No,
1: none. <laughs> I hated those chickens. They were so mean. I have like nightmares about those chickens. No, not really. I, I've, I've done the, um, country, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've lived in, um, my husband and I lived in Eastern Kentucky for a couple of years too after we got out of college cause he got a teaching job in Appalachia and we lived in a very, um, kind of remote area there. So I've done farm, I've done Eastern Kentucky. So we lived in the holler. Um, and that's a real <laughs> thing. I didn't,
0: I'm sure that you know, was quite know. an experience. Um,
1: it was, it was. And, um, you know, I've done city life here in Louisville and, um, I think I'm probably uh, suited for the city life, <laughs> although I've done it all. Sure,
0: so. I have this. Uh, I have this memory from my childhood. My my grandmother, my mom's mother. She's passed away now, but she was the sweetest person on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. She would not speak poorly about anyone, and any time she was talking about someone even if they were a thousand miles away she yeah. would whisper it yeah. you know so yeah. I will never forget the time that I saw her cut the head off a chicken <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was quite uh quite memorable Traumatism. and shocking to me as a child yeah. <laughs> those chickens were me <laughs> yeah.
1: they used to chase me and <laughs> and they they freaked me out so no, I don't, I don't really miss it. I, I do, you know, I do think it's beautiful, you know, I mean, you drive through central Kentucky and the rolling horse farms. I mean, it's certainly gorgeous to live in that, you know, landscape, but, um, I do like having my conveniences nearby. Sure.
0: <laughs> I would, I would, I would personally love to be able to walk out the back door and, and get fresh eggs every morning. Yeah. So I, I'd be down for having a few chickens, but I yeah. don't think my wife or my HOA would be, would be on board yeah. with that. Yeah. So yeah, that's tough. So your bio says that your childhood nickname was Cricket. Yep. Is there a story behind <laughs> that?
1: Um, they called me Cricket because I was little, but I was loud. You could always <laughs> hear me, <laughs> but I was always so tiny. Um, so yeah, that's how I got the, the nickname Cricket. That, that uh, kind of stuck with me for quite some time.
0: There are a few crickets in this house though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I hear you're a tequila lover. Yeah. I learned at an early age that I am definitely not a tequila lover. I'm sure I'm not the only one who learned that at an early yeah. age. But so are you a, a connoisseur of the fine stuff? Or are you a Jose Cuervo girl? What's what's your uh
1: Um I like the silver. I mm-hmm. mean, I can go Costco brand if it's silver. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just smoother going down. But yeah, I, I, I'm. my husband's a big bourbon drinker, and he's actually from Ohio originally, so sure. I feel like I've completely turned him into Kentuckian because <laughs> he loves bourbon now. I'm not as much of a bourbon drinker, but if you give me um, a shot of tequila with some lime and salt, like I'm set. That's gotcha. good for me. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I am. I'm definitely more of, of a bourbon guy, as you yeah. can see. I've got a few laid out here, <laughs> we got lots and of she it did not house. partake before the interview, just no. in case anyone's <laughs> wondering. Well, Selena, I appreciate you coming in yeah. today. I really enjoyed it. I feel like we got to learn uh, a lot about you and yeah. a lot about TBF. And uh, good luck to you in the future. Yeah. If anyone wants to reach out to Selena, if you are looking to to purchase a home and want to speak with someone about getting pre-approved, you can shoot her an email at selena at tbfmortgage.com. You can give her a call at 502-810-4687. Obviously, you can reach her on Facebook. Instagram at Selena Rose Jones. Mm -hmm. And you have a link here where someone can go and do an online application for a mortgage. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. It's kind of a long link. So Mm -hmm. if you want to text me at 502-810-4687, I can send you the link on a text. And it takes about five minutes. It's a super easy online application. It's I, w- I think it, r- it reminds me of like when you do TurboTax and it pops up and it's like, you know, did you own a home last year? Sure. You know, did you did you have W-2 employed Like it, it really prompts you all the way through it. So it's super easy to fill out. And yeah, I can send it to you and it doesn't take any time. And as soon as you fill it out, I get it and I can take a look at it. Or you can just call me and we can talk through it and talk through the application, whatever. Or if you want to meet in person and go th- whatever works best for you. I'm really flexible.
0: Sure. And I will I will post that link. In okay. the show notes on the on the podcast website and on and when I post it on social media, I'll Perfect. be sure to include that there as well. So real quick, that reminded me I wanted to ask you one thing, mm-hmm. if you don't mind. Sure. We use the terms pre approval and pre qualification mm-hmm. interchangeably. Yeah but there's a difference, isn't there?
1: I think technically there is. And I was actually just reading about this the other mm-hmm. night. Because I believe one or the other is if you haven't actually pulled credit and run the approval through the automated sure. system. I won't send out a pre-approval letter unless that has been done. Um, I just don't feel like that is what I want to put my name on. Because you can eyeball it, yeah, and kind of, you know, they can tell you, well, yeah, I've got a 800, and, mm-hmm. you know, but mm, a lot of times, you know, they, they went on Credit Karma, and if, and if you go on Credit Karma, by the way, Credit Karma not a, it's not super accurate. <laughs> so don't count on credit karma because a lot of times they're not super accurate with your score. So if I send out a pre-approval letter, it's because I have looked at credit, I have I have gone through all the information with the borrower and feel comfortable with giving them a pre-approval letter. So yeah, I, I do think that technically there's some kind of difference, but if it's coming from me, I mean I've I've done some vetting.
0: <laughs> sure, and that's the reason that realtors like our clients to use people who we know. Yeah. Um. It, people may think that that I'm pushing you towards someone because I'm getting some kind of kickback or something yeah. like that, but it, that's not the case. It's yeah. just that when Selena tells me someone's pre-approved and good to go, I know for you know 99% sure that mm-hmm. this this thing's going to happen mm-hmm. unless something you know yeah. unforeseen comes up. in in the process so
1: things things do happen but i feel like every every pre-approval out there you know i mean my name's on it um so it's important to me that i feel good about it and there have been times where i'll tell somebody you know i mean it's borderline but you know i don't feel comfortable doing a pre-approval for that amount you know what i mean i mean it, it just it, I don't want to put my name on something that I don't feel 100% confident in. So yeah, I want people when they see a pre-approval letter that came from me, I want them to feel good about that borrower and feel like that offer is a solid offer on that property. So. Sure.
0: And this is this is kind of a, a small community here. Mm-hmm. So you have to mm-hmm. deal with people over and over. you know, you yeah. and I are going to work together many, many times. Yeah. and so you've you've got to protect your name and your yeah. integrity integrity. Whereas a big national company, yeah. they don't ever have to see me again, yeah. so they don't yeah. really have to worry about that. Yeah, so that's the benefit Most of the time, of...
1: their loan officers and their people aren't here in the community either, so sure. it's not like you're going to have to see that guy at Starbucks next <laughs> right. week and, and he's going to remember you, you know what I mean? I mean, that's not going to be the case.
0: Right. All right. Well, Selena, I'm going to let you go once again. Thanks yeah. a lot for stopping in and, yeah. and spending time with us today. And, so fun. Yeah. yeah I, I hope you it. have a great day.
1: Yep. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for being here. All right. Thanks again to Selena Jones for joining us today. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on whichever platform you are listening so that you can be notified whenever a new episode drops. I typically upload a new episode every other Monday, and will do my best to stay consistent with that as we get into the busy season. Coming up in the next few weeks, we have William Troutman with Certainty Home Inspections to cover all things inspection-related, Tony Williams with Interlink Mortgage as we continue our lender spotlight, and we may even discuss a little college basketball with him as we come into March. Check out my listings at glensoin.com and glensellslouisville.com And as always, I look forward to next time. Have a great day, everyone.